0: good morning welcome to chapel our chapel today is planned by our seminary students and um i see that haley just walked in the door Um, and so um as she comes i want to just say welcome to chapel we are so glad that you're here no matter what way you're here this is the day that the lord has made Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Um, Seminary Community Council, students come on up. Um, Planned our chapel today, Um, and um, Seminary Community Council is a student-led organization, um, body of the seminary, and I serve as the advisor. And I'll turn it over to Haley to give you a little bit of an update. Um, we're going to be decorating for Christmas today, and so anybody who helps stays and helps do that after chapel, there's a meal ticket for you. You can go have lunch together in the cafeteria afterwards.
1: Thank you, Viva. Uh, as Viva said, I'm the Seminary Community Council uh, president. Um, we've had a pretty eventful semester. There's just a couple of us, but we've pulled off Um, an October kind of gathering and we did pumpkin painting and had pies and that was great fun. Um, We are always looking for more people to join the council or to even just come to the meetings without having to formally join the council. Um, The more people who join and who get together, the better we can have fellowship and community and offer more services and events to our fellow students. And it's a good way to be involved and have positive feedback for your community. So we've actually had our last meeting for this semester, but there will be an email coming out soon trying to plan the first meeting for next semester. Uh, We usually have those on either Tuesday or Thursday during lunch. And we provide meal tickets to the cafeteria and we get together and we eat and have community. So please be looking out for that email from Viva. And like Viva said, right after chapel, we will be having a Christmas decorating. We'll just be decorating around the seminary. um, And then after that, we'll have lunch together in the dining hall. Thank you so much.
2: Friends, let us center our hearts for worship with our call to worship this morning. Watch, wait, the day of God is at hand. Like the bud on a tree, God's possibilities are about to blossom. Stay awake, the reign of God is very near. We are here watching and waiting with hope. May God bring justice to all people on this day. May God's reign come on earth as in heaven. My friends, I invite you now to join with us in singing our first hymn, Come Thou Long-Expected Jesus. Please stand as you are comfortable to do so and join with us.
3: pray with me. Almighty God, help us to hear. Help us to receive. Help us to open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, We may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen.
4: The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Amen. I love mountains. I grew up on a hill in Linville, and I love the high places. I love the view from there. And when I think of the place, the mountain of the Lord's house, there's an image in my mind of a little chapel called St. Mary's. It's in Southern Maryland. And my husband, who's a pipe organ builder, restored the Rieger instrument that's there. So we have spent some time in this wonderful congregation There's a chapel on a hill surrounded by water on three sides. It's a classic steeple church, very old, very picturesque, and on their website they have a drone shot that just kind of accentuates how exactly gorgeous it is. We have fallen in love with Frater Ball, who's the Episcopalian priest there. And we were invited to his retirement ceremony and celebration. And there were two things about that event that struck me. It was in the midst of COVID, and we were meeting outside in the sunshine, and it was gorgeous. And he spoke briefly of the ministry of place. Now that's not something that I, as a Mennonite, have heard a lot about, but people came there on vacation, people came there to get married, and he blessed all sorts of people on their paths through that church, and it was the kind of place that kind of sinks into your heart a little and i have a very special spot in my heart for that place the other thing that struck me about father ball and about that place was the power of his embrace now The Episcopalians, unlike Mennonites, wear a lot of ecclesiastical garments, and when he would hold out his arms, there's all this cloth and there's a tremendous amount of cloth, he's a sizable fellow to begin with, and then there's layer upon layer of this amazing cloth. And this was a celebration of his ministry in this place as he was retiring. And they expected about 250 people, but people just kept coming. And so as you watched him greet people, it was all that cloth and that huge welcome. And he wrapped up people in all of that cloth and all of his own hospitality and love. And it moved me because not everybody gets that sense of the church enveloping them in that amazing love, embrace. And, and it struck me. And it stays with me. My friends, we also have a ministry of place, maybe not so much a landmark, but we are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. That's Our landmark that's our solid footing and when we meet people and connect we're connecting from that place of grace and love and we have a ministry of embrace from that powerful place the message says it like this Ephesians 2 6 through 7 immense in mercy and with incredible love, he embraced us. I saw a picture of that with Fraterboll and all of that cloth just grabbing up people. And it, it was the same for the senators as it was for the guy who looked like he hadn't eaten recently. And for any old random person, same embrace. Jesus took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. And then he picked us up and sat us down in highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. The ministry of place, we are seated with him in heavenly places. The power of embrace. Thank you, Jesus, for wrapping us in all that you are. Thank you for teaching us to embrace others in that same love and acceptance. Teach us your ways that we may walk in your paths. Let us walk in the light of the Lord, in the ministry of place, and in the power of embrace. Amen.
5: I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. As was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For there the thrones for judgment were set up, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who live, who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For the sake of my relatives and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. In reflecting on this, Carmen shared about the um, ministry of place. And I think about Jerusalem as a space where, even today, nations go to, people stream to for various pilgrimages, um, to be close to the holy sites in that area. It also struck me that, In today's day and age, there is not peace in Jerusalem. The psalmist prays for the peace of Jerusalem, and I believe that it can be a good reminder for us to to remember to pray for the people living in modern Jerusalem, the people living in the area around Jerusalem, the contentious um, surroundings in that part of the world, and also praying for peace for the whole earth and especially those places riddled with um, violence. Shalom peace is more than just a lack of violence. I believe the peace that God longs for, that we long for, is a shalom peace that only God can orchestrate that brings true healing and reconciliation. And so with the psalmist, may we pray, may peace be within Jerusalem. And on a smaller scale in our lives, I see this passage also as an invitation to pray for our community, our families, our households, our seminary community, our church or faith community, and not just the peace of putting on an outward appearance of everything's going to be okay but shalom peace that only God can orchestrate to bring true healing and reconciliation. And so let us join with the psalmist in praying these words. May peace be within Jerusalem, may peace be within our families, and may peace be within you, amen.
6: Besides this, you know what time it is. How is it now, the moment for you to wake up from sleep? For salvation is near to us now than we, we, we first became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery, and liciousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Amen. Advent is known as the start of the church's calendar season of waiting. During this time, we prepare for the coming of Christ, When we talk about the coming of Christ, we're not only talking about the birth of Jesus, but we're also talking about the life and the ministry of Christ. During this time, we see the coming of Christ in two different ways. First, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, and then we look forward to the second coming. Advent is a time in which the past, the present, and the future intersect. One of the most critical factors that we need to consider when it comes to understanding the concept of Advent is that it's not only about preparing for the coming of Christ, but also the already past arrival of Jesus. In fact, the very first sentence in Romans 13.11 gives us the idea that we should know what time it is. It says the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. One of the most beautiful aspects of Advent is that it reminds us that God has already answered the people's long-standing prayers regarding the coming of Jesus. In Romans 13.12, Paul talks about the day of salvation and how the night is far gone, and he states that we need to live properly. Each Sunday, typically when we celebrate Advent, we model the concept of dissipating darkness by lighting one candle, which symbolically represents the moment when the light of the world was first created on the earth. This is the moment when we hope that the world will once again be able to see the light of God's promised future. This season, I intend to not ignore this promise. As the light has already started to shine, it is important to remember that Christ has already been born and that he has already fulfilled our salvation. According to verse 13, living properly in this season requires putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, putting on the light of the world who, has, who was first born upon the earth and who gives us our hope that the light of the world will once again come and cast away every shadow of darkness. I see three sources of hope that we can rely on for this promised future. First, there is the promise that Christ said that he would return. Second, there is the resurrection of Jesus, which shows us there is an embodied future ahead of us. Finally, there is the transformation of our communities and lives. When we become the people of Jesus, we're able to put off the things that mark the outside world of his reign of peace and justice, we wait for Christ's coming by becoming that future, so that when he does come, he will see us as if looking in the mirror himself. This is why Paul says that people should wake up from their sleep and start living out the life of Jesus. And the season of Advent begins, many of us might feel troubled by our lack of godly conduct, according to Romans 13. We like talking about injustices and breaking down barriers, but the good word has fallen on hard times, but we have to keep the hope of Jesus Christ. There is a future ahead, but we must remember that there is still a night to be left. Our own wounds can overflow into the wounds of others, and our actions can further wound us. It may not be easy, but we can do it. Paul might be inviting us to be to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's a little experiment. Imagine, and I did this myself, imagine if us in this season we experience the temptations that come our way during the holidays, whatever it is. Just take a second and think about that today. Now consider how you cannot gratify your desires. For me, the holidays become a time of peace and joy instead of conflict and quarreling. What could be offered to me if I could put off being consumed by jealousy and put on more gratitude? This would allow me to find my true self and put a little bit of the Lord Jesus Christ. In these times, we might also be able to bring a little bit of the future into our present state of preparation.
3: But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Stay awake. Understand this. You must be ready. The Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour, the scriptures say. The apocalypse, the rapture, the second coming of Christ, interrupting, disrupting, jolting words of Jesus in response to the disciples' question that we may not be prepared to hear at the beginning of Advent. By the way, happy liturgical new year. A new cycle in the lectionary began Sunday. And what a strange choice of scripture to begin this new year, the season of Advent, a season where God shows up, God interrupts, God wakes us up through these provocative scriptures. And before we get to the babe laying in a manger these next few weeks of Advent, to where the lectionary points, Jesus talks of apocalyptic end times. John the Baptist breathes fiery words of repentance John the Baptist questions from prison whether Jesus is the Messiah. Odd lectionary selections because everybody knows that Advent is all about a four-week observance and celebration solely of a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger, right? So why in the world... Is the preacher preaching about the end of the world on Sunday? Why will the Sunday message next week be about a crazy man attacking the establishment with a fiery message of repentance? Why would we consider preparing our hearts and minds seriously for the advent of Christ's return? The suggestion of anticipating, reflecting, fasting, repenting, preparing our hearts and minds for the time when Christ returns may seem strange and foreign to us, but may be necessary to give us the tools, to give us the courage, to give us the inspiration against evil which seems to be closing in all around us. Perhaps a renewed revival in reflecting and pondering and embracing the second coming of Christ could be the spark, could be the flame, could be the warming glow helping us to embrace, embolden, and strengthen our faith through observing the true meanings of Advent, preparing our hearts for Christ's return, acknowledging and celebrating the Holy Spirit changing us, molding us, and completing Advent with a celebration of Emmanuel, God with us. It seems like everywhere we turn these days in the papers and the media, on our news feeds, we must look hard for good news. This time of year, the movie theaters get in on the action and the attendance is boosted. And it seems like these days, bad language, promiscuity, violence permeates. Hollywood productions and entertainment. Rarely does Hollywood portray a family praying as they sit around the dinner table. And sadly, the only mention of God anymore seems to be from taking the Lord's name in vain. But outside of Hollywood's influence, something remarkable and seldom seen on the big screen is showing up. Waking up a new generation, shocking Hollywood during its opening weekend. The hit TV series The Chosen opened up at theaters with two episodes ten days ago with season three. To rave reviews and coming in number three at the box office on opening weekend to almost $9 million in gross sales. Success of a faith based production, unheard of in modern times, and you may watch on the chosen app for free anytime the first two seasons and the third season will be forthcoming almost a half a billion global viewings so far since the chosen first came out several years ago our country is hungry for good news our Our country is starved for good news. Our country is at a crossroads of faith and a turning point in history. Perhaps this ongoing series based on the life of Jesus can inspire a new generation and affirm and inspire us to new heights of faith giving us the persistence and courage to witness to our faith in new ways, bringing living water to a thirsty and dehydrated world. This first day, this first Tuesday in Advent, we read these important and pivotal scriptures where Jesus urgently teaches the disciples knowing His time on this earth is coming to a close, knowing what he will endure on the cross, knowing he will send the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, knowing he has us covered, knowing the eventual reconciliation of all nations under God will come, At the end of the age. And just like the disciples, we are left and charged as the body of Christ to carry on in vocation, to carry on in mission, to carry out the great commission in making disciples through relationship, through reconciliation, through community until our last breath or until Christ returns. There is nothing more important than staying awake, embracing our faith, growing our spirits in Christ, and passing that spirit and truth on to others. In the way we live, in the way we love, the way we embody our faith through love to all with whom we have contact to all of our spheres of influence sometimes and perhaps a kind word may have been all that was necessary to prevent a senseless tragedy we never know the hour when someone will first believe that is why we are all apostles All of us in this chapel are ones to be sent out to proclaim the good news by our words, by our deeds, by our actions, by our love. Amen.
6: Give thanks for the Seminary Community Council for providing the leadership today, especially to Viva and to Jeff, who took the largest part in coordinating this service. So thank you for your gifts. And Caleb, Laura, thank you for your music. It certainly does bring the joy of the season. Our final hymn is number 213 in the United Methodist Hymnal or you can sing from the words on the screen. Let us stand as we are able.
2: friends the scripture has been read the word has been proclaimed and sung and prayed let us join our hearts once again in prayer o come holy one stir within us and keep us awake May we be inspired to ministry of embrace and presence, peace and preparation, and may we keep in mind your call to make disciples. Holy One, embrace us throughout the rest of these days and keep us safely in your love until we meet in this way again. In the name of your Son Jesus, we pray. Amen. Receive these words in benediction. They come from the Northumbrian community. Receive these words. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you, may he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May bring you home rejoicing at all the wonder he will show you. May bring you home rejoicing once again into these our very doors. Amen. And it is a part of my tradition to say this, and I hope that you will receive it. God loves you. We are a community of love. Let us go forth from this place to share it with folks who so desperately need it. Go in peace, amen.